0: About 60% of the drugs that the DEA is confiscating right now, other drugs, have fentanyl in them. And the really scary part about that is 42% of the drugs that did have fentanyl in them had at least 2 milligrams, which is definitely, you know, a potentially lethal dose. In the past
1: three years, fentanyl has become a deadly crisis across the country. According to the Texas Workforce Commission, there was an 80% increase in synthetic opioid-related deaths reported in Texas in 2021 compared to 2020.
0: So what's happening with these young people is they think that they're buying like a Percocet is, is a real common drug that young people will try. So they think they're getting you know, something. They think they're getting Xanax. They think they're getting a Percocet um and the problem is it's uh, it's laced with fentanyl because of the lethality of this drug as little as 700 micrograms can kill you
1: I'm Bailey Friday and Texas wants to know what's behind the fentanyl crisis
0: My name is John Mark Muleman. I'm a licensed professional And chemical dependency counselor and I'm the program administrator for Collin County substance abuse program.
1: Many of us may have heard how dangerous and popular fentanyl is but what exactly is fentanyl?
0: Fentanyl is a synthetic opioid that's actually a hundred times stronger than morphine.
1: How has it been used in the past?
0: Historically, it's been used for pain management uh, in pretty extreme cases. To kind of give you a backstory about kind of what I've seen with fentanyl since I've been with the county, um, back, you know, six, six and a half years ago when I started with the county, I'm on the adult fatality review board, um, and the only fentanyl overdose deaths we would see would typically be transdermal patches. That's usually how it was prescribed. Somebody would actually put a a patch on and the fentanyl would absorb through the skin. And so originally how, you know, how we would see it and how it would be prescribed. In recent years, the reason it's become such a problem is China uh, got into manufacturing fentanyl powder in powder form, and that's finding its way into uh, the United States. Um, it was, you know, a lot of people were, could order it via the mail. Um, you know, the DEA has worked real hard at shutting that down, and a lot of it's coming now through Mexico uh, via cartels and uh, illegal means.
1: Cynthia Pursley of Livigy started the nonprofit after a tragic personal loss to fentanyl. She talks more about how the drug has risen in popularity these last few years.
2: The pattern for for fentanyl right now, it was, I mean, it's been around for years and it's medically used, of course, but that pattern, you know, from 2017, it started to escalate watching that growth pattern. And then in 2020 and 2021, there was a, a huge jump. There was this spike and the theories are, A lot of it is, you know, is just due to COVID. This is the period when there was our massive spike.
1: Fentanyl is not a new drug though, right? And the circulation recently has spiked. How are people getting more access to this drug?
0: You just kind of give you a perspective. In Collin County, I tracked the drug toxicity deaths. Now in 2020, 29% of the overall drug overdose deaths were fentanyl related. The next year in 2021, 49% of the deaths were fentanyl related. And last year, 55% of the drug overdose deaths were fentanyl related. So here's what's happening. And this is why it's it's so scary and young people are, uh, you know, really at risk. So what's happening is drug dealers are getting these uh, powders, this fentanyl powder, uh, either, you know, through cartels, uh, you know, through from China And what they're doing is they're setting up pill presses in their homes and they're pressing these pills. And so what's happened is other drugs like Xanax, Percocet, oxycodone, even Adderall drugs, uh, you know, they're being pill pressed in homes and, and cut with fentanyl.
1: Wow. So people are making these pills in their homes. Does that mean no pill is safe to take unless you're prescribed it?
0: There was a, uh, a young lady. She was a junior at Plano, senior high, just had everything going for her. And she and a friend went up and both took, she thought was an M30, a Percocet M30. And mom came up and you know found the, the friend was gurgling. Her daughter had already expired but we're really working really hard to get word out to the young people that it's really not safe to take any drugs off the street. You know, it's like you shouldn't be taking anything uh, that's not uh, prescribed specifically to you or given to you uh, by your parents. Cause it's just, just not safe.
1: So what
2: drove you to start Livagee? I did lose my stepson, Brian, a, a year ago, a year and a month ago, actually. And, um, you know, he, he was a known drug user and but he was a very careful user. And his death was caused by taking what he thought was uh, a safe drug. Uh, and it was not. It was laced with fentanyl. And so he dried al- died alone on the streets of San Francisco. He was actually leaving Northern California to go to San Diego. And um, was about to pursue treatment, and just on that trip, took the wrong thing, basically, and passed away. Our involvement and and recognition of, you know, illicit drug use had started even before he passed away. And then when he passed away, um, my family and friends and I decided, you know what, no one no one should die alone, and no one should die from this. So how can we make a difference? How what can we do you know, for fa- other families not to go through this um, for our young adults, for our teenagers, for just people in general to be dying from something that they don't know is happening. So um, that's what really triggered us to start live During the 2022 to 2023 school year
1: in the Carrollton Farmers Branch Independent School District, three students overdosed on campus during school and three students died away from campus, not during the school day, but all were related to fentanyl. We asked the superintendent, Dr. Wendy Eldridge, what procedures have been put in place to prevent situations like this from happening in the future.
3: The fentanyl crisis, you know, it, it became a crisis in the North Texas area. And our school district decided, you know, hey, we, we've got to take this proactive approach to help all of our students and to help our staff understand, you know, what what is this? So the first thing we did was we provided our campuses with Narcan. And, you know, people are like, well, what is Narcan? Um, and so our nurses, you know, aligned with our campus staff and decided to train all of our staff members on what Narcan can do to help with an overdose. And, you know, the Teachers were attentive, and and then the students started learning the symptoms of what things could look like and, and why Narcan was important. So it was placed on all of our campuses in November. Now we fast forward to February, and we trained all of our athletic trainers. And so anybody, you know, at an athletic event or any any kind of place where our kids or families would, you know, participate in, we had it available. And you know, I'm I'm proud of all of that because that is being very proactive and also being very transparent that this is not just a a school district issue. This is a nationwide issue. And in our school district to date, we've saved three lives because of it, because they had access to our medicine. You know, one of the students heard, you know, the gurgling noises, which is one of the symptoms when people are overdosing and went and grabbed a teacher, and before you know it, they're being administered Narcan, and it saved their lives.
1: You may have heard of Narcan when talking about fentanyl overdoses, but what exactly is it, and how can it help save someone's life who may have been exposed to fentanyl? Here's Cynthia.
2: Narcan is a nose spray. When you overdose, you are having a reaction to the opioids, to that synthetic op- opioid. And so what the Narcan does is it has a receptor that counteracts that. So kind of think of it as a magnet. And so the Narcan, that nasal spray, you know, hits right into the receptors and reverses the overdose. So, um, and it happens within one to two minutes. It's a very quick reversal. And there are important things to know too, You know, like the, the signs of an overdose. Um, someone may be sleepy. Uh, their skin is clammy. Their their breath is um, you know slowing down. And those are all signs of an overdose. It may be also the important thing to know is that someone may be uh, going into a diabetic coma or maybe may having other symptoms or another chronic condition. The Narcan will not hurt that person. So there is no downside to using it. So that's why they say you know if you are suspect of an overdose, um, you know, because you're not going to hurt the person. And that's really important for people to know. Because, first of all, I think people are afraid in, in, in my conversations with people oh, I'm not medically trained. You don't have to be medically trained. We have to overcome that barrier of, gee, I, I can't do this. Yes, you can. Um, and it is a nose spray that you have to administer and, you know, and move the person on their side bring their knee up a little bit so that they're positioned correctly and and then stay with them during that time and call 911.
1: When it comes to the potency of fentanyl, it's hard to imagine that those who sell synthetic opioids want to cause harm to the person they're doing business with. Why even use fentanyl if it's so dangerous? John gives us more insight into why they might take this risk.
0: It's not good business to kill your clients. I mean, even if you're a drug dealer, but what happens is You know, there's just no quality control. So if you're mixing this up in a house, what happens is what what we call the cookie dough effect, you know, like cookie dough ice cream, where you may take a bite of ice cream, it's like all vanilla ice cream, and then you might get, you know, a bite that's just all cookie dough. You know, it's the same thing with the fentanyl. If it's not mixed, they've had cases where they test a batch, they test one area or they test part of it and it tests, you know, or one pill and it tests negative for fentanyl. And the other one may have a boatload of it in there, because again, there's no quality control. This is being done in homes. It's not being mixed properly. You know, no one's checking this stuff. And so that's why, you know, and even you may get lucky and take one, you know, where it doesn't have a lot of fentanyl in it, but then you get another one. And I mean, it really is just like Russian roulette. Two
2: milligrams of fentanyl powder is a deadly dose. So, and fentanyl is cheap. So it, it, I don't want to say cheap, let's say inexpensive. Okay. So it's, but such a small amount of it can um, be hidden in your counterfeit pills um, and mixed in there, but it, it doesn't take a lot. Two milligrams is nothing. Um, it, it's, all, it's laced and it's also, I mean, the fentanyl powder um, is less expensive than cocaine. So some people have purchased, cocaine, thinking it was cocaine, but it's actually fentanyl powder and they have overdosed and died. If you're selling it, um, wow, I can mix the more expensive drug with the less expensive drug and make more of a profit, so to speak. Um, so there's, uh, it doesn't take a lot to lace any drug and um, the pills, the counterfeit pills, it, it's frightening how scary they look to the real ones.
1: Since it may be hard to tell a counterfeit pill from a real pill, what precautions should people take?
2: If a friend says, oh yeah, here, take this Adderall, or here's a Xanax, yeah, I, I have a colleague, I have a friend, who his niece, an attorney, friend gave her a Xanax because things were, she's having a big case, I don't know the whole story, but anyway, she took a Xanax and she never woke up because it wasn't a prescribed Xanax, it was something her friend had purchased somewhere. There's 40 million pills right now available. We created a, a need and a demand, and there was a supply. So so far, that's equivalent to 167 million deadly doses. That's that's a lot. In 2022, there was equivalent to 387 million lethal doses. We're already at 100. Let's round it up to 170, right? 170 million. So. we're we're tracking at the same pace of last year even more and actually even more. You know, a lot of the lacing in these pills, were were they made to actually cause an overdose? And do you wanna say kill your client, right? You know, that's what everyone's saying is, why would someone lace something so deadly that it would actually kill someone? That's my client. I want, you know, if you're gonna look at a business reason, you know, you want to keep your client alive. you know, if the right mixture of fentanyl is done in these, um, in these pills, then it is, it's, it's not deadly. It's more of an incredible high and it's addictive. Fentanyl doesn't also last very long too. So it's a, it's a quick rush, it's a high, and then that, cre- and it can create such a dependency. So maybe it was more to create a dependency, not actually to create overdoses. Tell me how school
1: districts and law enforcement are working together to provide a safe space for kids to
3: voice their concerns about this. Officers, our SROs and our security and and our local police, they want to be involved and they want to be involved in a positive way. And so they have been helping us investigate any leads of any, the kids have such great relations with our resource officers. They, you know, word of mouth is very powerful. You know, if they know that somebody's doing something that that's wrong and they, kids will tell the person they trust, which is our resource officers, and they have. And so we partnered with them and, and with all the trust with our, our students and staff. our Our federal law enforcement partners have investigated, you know, the the leads that they received, and you know there have been multiple arrests because of it. And um, you know we've had town hall forums. It was great to attend our town hall forums where our entire city, you know, we have the city of Carrollton and and, and Farmers Branch, and we hosted these town hall meetings where the DEA was there and. I had never heard of what HIDA meant, but it's our high-intensity drug trafficking agency. And they each gave a presentation on what can happen, you know, and what we need to look
0: for. Sheriff Skinner here in in Collin County. Uh, This is a... This is a high-interdiction de- drug enforcement area just because of all the highways and stuff coming through. Um, and so, you know, DEA, I mean, everyone is very, very aware of the dangers of this. And they shut, they've shut they shut down some big, you know, big organizations.
1: According to an article written by KRLD, just this past week, a Flower mountain teen was arrested and pleaded guilty to conspiracy to distribute a Schedule II controlled substance used social media to connect with and supplied fentanyl to several local dealers. One dealer who was connected to the overdoses of two high schoolers at Hebron High School in the Louisville ISD. Are younger people more likely to be exposed to fentanyl than other age groups?
2: Everyone's at risk, uh, of course. That Just the, the more recent numbers or that I've been studying and looking at are that it is it is altering to that younger population. So that's where it's our responsibility as parents, educators, police officers, every, everyone in, in society needs to make sure our young population knows what's going on. I tell parents all the time that
3: if you can do one thing to help your child monitor their social media, and people, there's a big controversy when we give a kid a phone that they believe their phone is their privacy. But social media is everywhere. And social media is where our kids are exposed to illegal drug sales. And not just fentanyl, but others. I mean, people think that it's happening in the school hallway, but no, no, it's happening on a phone. In what other ways
1: are kids getting in contact with people who can sell them drugs?
3: A lot of people are familiar with Venmo, Zelle, cash apps, but there's a lot of things out there. And I always say, just look at their social media. You may not like what you find on your child's social media account, but this is how our our kids are being exposed to drugs and drug trafficking and You know, these one-shop stops that market, sell, you know, deliver prescription drugs to your door. And there's so many common code words that our kids are exposed to, too. And they can tell you what they are, even if they don't do it. So they've helped educate me. You know, it's the tracking of social media and emojis and, you know, participate. And so I just encourage everybody that your phone can expose a lot of things, but we can help you if there is a problem. And so that has just been um, just my message. Monitor social media and don't be afraid of what you find because everybody needs help some way. How can
1: parents tell if their child is using drugs or may be at risk of trying them?
0: With Young people just say in general, a change in, uh, change in habits, you know, is a big red flag. I mean, hanging out with different friends, quitting activities, extracurricular activities, dropping out of sports band, things like that, lack of engagement, more isolating type behaviors. I mean, those would be some of the social signs uh, definitely to watch out for. So you know, the other things that I encourage parents is to like monitor social media because access to a lot of this stuff is through a lot of kids have, of like uh, extra Snapchat accounts or Instagram accounts that their parents don't know about and you know there's a, there's a dark web there's a lot of you know there's just a lot of st- I mean you know a lot of kids have access to some really really bad stuff uh, and that's how a lot of them are you know finding you know getting access to these drugs as far as physical symptoms you know pinpoint pupils is going to be you know one sign Um, of opioid use for sure Um, i'm a big advocate for drug testing with teens
1: what are some more resources the school district is providing for students and parents that want to be more educated about fentanyl or maybe
3: students that are struggling with addiction i'm happy to share resources but you know one of the things i want to share with that is that you have to be willing to use them Think about that. We have counselors that you know kids love their counselor, their coach, and we have given all these awareness workshops that every secondary campus helps students deal with something. And but they have to be willing to go to somebody, and parents have to trust us that we can help you. So we have amazing counselors. You know our website is has a hub for students and families. People are embarrassed when they have a problem, and. And then the problem becomes multiplied, and then you've got kids that can't connect to their family, and so they turn to something that medicates them to make it all just okay. But we are here to help, and the first step is just letting us help you.
1: I'm Bailey Friday at News Radio 1080 KRLD in Dallas, Fort Worth. Thank you so much for joining me for Texas Wants to Know. If you liked the show, please give us a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode was written and produced by Savannah Jones with editorial support from Cooper Mall and original music by Michael Eisenstein. Odyssey's managing producer for National News Podcasts is Myron Kaplan.